All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, the off-season edition of the Bluminati podcast. Uh, new coaches, who dis? I'm your host, Nathan Bond. Join alongside me, as always, Seth Barnador. Uh, Robert Stieg has prior commitments. Uh, you can't get on Survivor if you're not watching the season finale of Survivor. So Stieg is off doing that, having a watch party. Hashtag Stieg for Survivor. Yes. Seth, it's been a little bit since we last spoke. How how are you doing? Doing well. Uh yeah, in in the Christmas spirit. Uh I have no choice really, but uh <laughs> in the, in this house. But yeah, no, just uh ex- always love a good coaching search. So we've now we've moved on from the head coach to the assistant coaches, so that's always fun trying to connect the dots. I have not been very successful connecting those dots, but um it's always interesting to see who gets hired. So I've just been kind of following that. So that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been interesting. Um, not as much scuttlebutt about assistant coaches, uh, from, from the people that we know. Um, mostly because, you know, new, new head coach, it's going to be a little bit, you know, we've got to establish sources within the program before we start, spouting off stuff right so well i I mean i guess technically you don't have to you can just spout off whatever you want um but responsible parties do that um yeah it's been pretty exciting uh i kind of figured most of the national guys would be breaking uh the news because they've got connections literally everywhere and it seems to be the case as well um i know our robert steak has done a pretty pretty damn good job at uh Twitter follow watching. Um, yeah, I'm sure he, he's I'm been sure playing. He's, wa- he's, been, <laughs> he's been playing watching and Twitter follow watching. So he's been. Uh, yeah, must be slow time at work for him. Yeah, if Elon has anything to do with it, maybe he won't be able to even uh, Twitter follow watch anymore after. Uh, I think every single uh, open source uh, flight tracker got got permanently suspended uh, over the last like 24, 48 hours. It's a big hit on, their, to, on that Twitter. That's a big hit to message board, uh, message board fans everywhere, but they'll figure a way around it. They'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. Chrissy. I mean, 90% sure you can do whatever I want and that you're, you're right. I think I can um, real quick. Uh, really awesome story. Really, I mean, really awesome like, little thing that happened to me over the weekend. So I was in Dunedin at a bar um, at 2.30 in the morning. So I was a, a few beers deep. Um, and I'm going to get food at, there's like a food taco truck, whatever, outside of this club blur uh, in Dunedin. We're getting food there. So it's me, Samantha, um, one of her friends whose birthday it was, and then the friend's boyfriend. We were all sitting, getting food, and we're walking back to our table uh, where a couple of other of our friends are. And this guy stops me and goes, Nathan Bond? And I was like, yeah, what's up? And he was like, man, I love the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. I can't believe I'm seeing you out in public. And it's like it's a surreal moment when that happens. Like I personally love it because it, it, we're getting like, I, 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 there we go. I'm just doing the, 
Did I freeze right, up? I must have. You did. You, you <laughs> did. You did. You robot for a second. You roboted for a second, but it sounds better now. That's insane. That's insane. Okay. So if you're if you're watching on YouTube, me, you can see Nathan's speed test here. Yes. Um. <laughs> What's, what's wild is the internet, it says I have great, I don't know, it says my internet speed is fast. I don't know what else to do. I'm plugged in. Ugh. Gosh, it's annoying. Um, thank There's you for the speed test. Here. did that right before we went live. Um, I mean, that's not bad, right? I mean, it says your internet connection is fast. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. Mm. But guy gets to talk. I'm pretty forgive me i think his name was kevin but um shout out kevin if he's listening but my favorite part of the entire experience was i was with someone else happens usually i'm just like by myself like walking to the bathroom at like a football game or something like that and like someone's out to me but to be able to see like other pe- people witness people coming up and recognize me uh because i always joke around that i'm famous and samantha hates it and and she uh she embarrassed easily, so that was really cool. Um, made me really, really cool in front of my friends. So I there you go. Appreciate that, Kevin. Um, share uh, on the podcast. It's, it's not gonna be so, so funny please, if somebody hits. If you see me on public, please say something. But if I'm by myself, oh, what's up? Oh, no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I thought you. I thought you froze for a second. No, just. I, Oh no! If if I'm out in public and I'm with people, please come up. If I'm by myself, just give me like a a high because honestly, it, wasting a good surprise on no one. It's not going to be as funny when someone you think somebody recognizes you and they serve you a subpoena or something. That'll be tough. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the ultimate high, the ultimate one. low. That'll be that'll be rough. Yeah, but, but let's get into it. Oh. New coaches, who it is, because there's a whole bunch of coaching staff turnover. Um, I was able to kind of confirm earlier this week that technically Travis Strickett and Daniel were still on staff while everybody else was let go. Well, Travis Strickett is in the program, Daniel DeFrado is out there recruiting for the Bulls, so he's at least with the team for now. In what capacity still remains to be seen. Yeah, it, it, there's some. Uh, I know there's some. So there's, that. there's some scuttlebutt about Trickett to Coastal Carolina. Um, they just hired a new coach, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Beck from North Carolina State. Uh, Trickett was already been rumored by Football Scoop. I think is where I first saw it um, to be a uh, to be a candidate there. Uh, I think he'd do a pretty pretty good job wherever he goes. Based on this year, I thought he did a great job. Uh, so I, I would imagine he'll be in demand. And have a chance to go coordinate an offense again. So, doesn't look like he's going to be back here, but I think he'll probably be all right. He'll land on his feet for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what he was able to do um, this season with these players and the amount of injuries, with four quarterbacks between spring and, and fall, that's uh, pretty. Uh, that's uh, you start your true freshman quarterback the last couple of games and was actually pretty impressive. Um, unfortunate he couldn't stay on, but he gets to run his own offense 
somewhere, I would assume. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. He's he definitely I he definitely left the offense. Larry says he left the offense better than he found it. Uh, that's for sure, right? Uh, we thought the offense had the pieces to be good the last couple of years, and they really put it all together this year. Like you said, with a ton of injuries, still they were still able to put you know uh, game plans together. You know, guys that weren't even fully healthy, they still used them as you know. Think back to that Florida game where. Horn basically wasn't really healthy. They used him as a decoy the whole game. Uh, so they were able to to work around a lot of things. There were issues. So that was, uh, you know, really good stuff uh, from him. And like you said, he, he'll get his chance here with somebody else. He definitely earned that opportunity. Yeah. For for some reason, something popped up on my computer and I couldn't hit the unmute button. So I was no. freaking out a little bit. <laughs> Well, now you're back. I'm, ha- I'm having a time of it. I'm having a, I'm having a real. Uh, Steve doesn't show up, and everything goes time right now. In Holy the crap! Anyway, let's. I know everything goes to hell in a handbasket. That's for sure. Uh, this computer sucks ass, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I got. I think I got sold a lemon. Mm, it happens. I'm not even gonna cap. Um, yeah, but let's get kind of get into the new the new people. Um, so there's not technical coordinator yet. I would, I would assume Alex Golish becomes Golish becomes the offensive coordinator de facto. Is that kind of where you kind of see it heading there, Seth? It certainly seems that way. We've got, um, you want me to throw the list up now or we want to wait a second? I can throw it up and then we can kind of talk through it. Does that work for you? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So, uh, this is guys that have either been uh, announced by USF or people that are pretty well sourced. Um, Goalish, I would think he would probably end up being the OC or the play caller just because you're kind of running out of positions to put somebody. I think the only thing you haven't, the only position you haven't announced anybody for yet is wide receivers coach offensively. Or I guess you haven't announced all these guys, but uh, you announced Gordon. Uh, Merritt was uh, Pete Tamil reported that this morning, I believe. Taylor and Hudenick were both reported by Football Scoop. Uh, Hoodnick, I don't even know how to say it. How, we'll figure that. That's going to be a battle right there, figuring out how to say that guy's name. <laughs> Is it Hudnick? Hoodnick? Hood? Hudnick? Um, but he's been, he's on the, uh, he's on the staff list currently on the USF uh, football site. Uh, Jack Taylor is not. So they were both kind of together on, um, football scoop, but Taylor has not been put on the site. Kevin Patrick. And Todd Orlando are on the site. Those were announced uh, last week, I believe. And then uh, Burkett was hired this afternoon, I believe, for uh, from uh, James Madison Corners is what Thamel listed him at. So, yep, you can only have so many coaches, right? You, I think you can only have ten, right? Ten on field guys. Is that what it is? Ten on fields. Yep. And so. You're starting to run out of position, so that's why, you know, is DePrado if he stays on staff, 
does he coach a defensive position too, or you know, is what's what's going to happen there? He did kind of he was the coordinator in that in that UCF game previously. Um, you know, are, are they going to find a spot for him on staff somewhere else, or is he kind of just running through the contract here and then he'll be gone? I don't. It's kind of the last few will be interesting to see how they round this thing out because they're they're kind of running out of spots here. Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned, wide receiver coach is probably the most glaring right now. I would I would say uh, from everything that we kind of understand, this is or at least at least I understand. Maybe you've got a better interpretation of what this offense can be, Seth. It's it's really wide receiver driven. You've got a he wants fast guys. He wants guys who run sharp routes. It's really you need someone you trust to coach those guys in this offense. Yeah. And they have, you know, they have things that they have, they make reads and things like that. It's not just like, here's the route. They have to read coverage and things like, and things of that nature, or not necessarily coverage to read like grass. Um, But there are, it's not just, Hey, you got to go route. You got to dig route. You got an out route. It's, there's a lot of times where you're going to have to read where the coverage is and where the open area is. That that you you'll definitely need somebody there pretty good to get that done. Now, what's nice is that you know goalish coach tight end, so he's kind of he's probably got a lot of experience in the passing game. He's been the offense; he can kind of coach some of it. But um, you know that'll probably be a pretty I wouldn't say like a crazy important hire, but it'll it'll be interesting. So I that's so I think you get eleven total coaches, right? Ten on field assistants, I believe. So right here, there's, there's, where is, you know, I guess the question is, what is your 10th, what's your 10th spot here? So that'll be interesting. Cause it looks like you're going to have five oh, offense guys. It. <laughs> it looks like you're going to have five assistants on offense. Uh, so five on defense, you've got three guys now. Um, so it's basically you got these two positions. Orlando was announced as a DC and inside linebackers coach. So I would assume that would also mean there's going to be an outside linebackers coach, right? That's kind of a safe assumption. Uh, and if, if Burkett, we'll see how he's announced. He, mm-hmm. Thamel reported him as the cornerbacks coach. That's what he coached at uh, JMU. But, you know, it's not as it's as having two having it separated is pretty common now, but there are some places where it's just the DBs coaching coaches all of them. You could get to that situation, and that would allow you to keep a special teams coordinator. But I think that that's going to be kind of the interesting part. Where is what what's kind of going to get cut? Because if you have five and five in your head coach, you're done. So that means no special teams coordinator. So are you cutting safeties? You're cutting outside linebackers? Is the Prado coaching the special teams and something else? That's kind of that. That'll be uh, that's kind of the the next kind of domino to drop. The Prado was, so, yeah, and you know, the Prado was a he was a quarterback in college. So yeah. I'm never. I, I'll played and I get like a guitar everywhere, but uh, I 
that always never really sat well with me. What's that? What never sat well? The first part kind of, oh no, he's out. He's gone. All right. What do we got in the chat here? Let's look. Yeah. Kevin Patrick hire seems to be pretty popular. How often does teams go without offensive coordinator? It happens. Uh, you know, you, if you have a passing game coordinator, or run game coordinator, it's really if if the head coach is going to be the play caller, I don't think it's an issue. Um, yeah, he might he might be trying the hard reset. He came back last time before we got on. We're a little late because of that. He came back on last time before we got on, and it was great. So maybe he just needs to start again. We'll see. But yeah, it's I don't think the offensive coordinator if they don't hire a guy. Unless they hire like a OC receivers coach, which you've got, so now you'd have an offensive coordinator, run game coordinator, and a pass game coordinator. It would seem like that's probably done. Goal is just probably going to call the plays. Um, interesting, kind of. You get a guys from a bunch of different backgrounds here. Taylor and I'm gonna call him Hoodnick. Just be, they call him Coach Hoodie. We could just call him Coach Hoodie, uh, the offensive line coach. He's Coach Hoodie on Twitter. Uh, Taylor and Hoodie are both uh, from Tennessee. They're off the field right now. Are, are they? You know, they're GAs, I believe. Or, or uh, Taylor may be an analyst. Um, so those guys are coming over from Tennessee. Merritt, I believe, was an analyst at Tennessee last year. Took the job at Georgia Southern, I believe, is where he's at, and then. But previously, he'd been at James Madison, which is where they got Burkett from. Uh, so there's probably a little connection there. Yeah. yeah. Joel Gordon was disliked at Iowa State. I don't, it's, I think it's hard to, that, that is, that does seem to be, let me throw that up because it's, let me go back and listen to this. So there was some stuff. Uh, Joel Gordon was, people seemed happy for him to leave. I know he was kind of linked to the offensive coordinator. Um, he coached with them previously, so he was kind of linked to that offensive coordinator that fired as well. Uh, they'd done pretty well before that. Uh, I know he was, I'm pretty sure he was the lead recruiter on two four star quarterbacks to Iowa State. So he's done a pretty good job recruiting at Iowa State. Um, I'm not super concerned with that. Um, it's really hard to separate, I think, coordinators from position coaches a lot of times. And so when the position coach or when the coordinator gets fired for whatever reason, I don't watch a ton of Iowa State football. They weren't good on offense this year, but they had done pretty well previously. It's hard to kind of separate, I think, the coordinator from the position coach. So, yeah, it may, I, it may be. I'm not sure. So, it will. So, it's, uh, they've got, he's done a pretty good job recruiting. And Golish knows him. He was, I think he was off the field as like a GA uh, or quality control analyst type guy when Golish was on staff there. And then he got promoted after. So he, he knows the guy. He knows if he's sharp. No, I'm not. Eric, I'm not super surprised. Eric's S, are you surprised really no one was kept from the previous staff? No, they didn't win a lot of games. So, you know, it's. I think you might want to keep Trickett, but as soon or a, a guy like him, but as soon as you hire an offensive coach, that's probably out the window. Like we were talking about earlier, he probably proved enough himself to be able to go out and get another coordinator job. It certainly seemed like he'd have to come back in a reduced role if he wanted to come back. So 
I'm not surprised he wasn't retained. Um, it typically doesn't happen. So, all right, we've got Nathan is back. Special guest, Nathan Bond. We'll see. We'll see how this works. <laughs> I, just, I, went the- off, <clears throat> I went off Wi-Fi. I don't know what's going on. Oh, baby, now we're talking. He's off the Wi-Fi. We're just rolling through the coach and staff a little bit here. Talking about uh, Iowa State fans not really, <laughs> not really seeming too upset that Gordon left. What's your take on that? Like, uh, I, I was saying, I think it's hard to separate the coordinator from the position coaches a lot of times. So when you fire your coordinator, you're probably not going to be super happy with the position coach. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm very leery about this hire. You know. Golish and him have a relationship. I think they coached together for four years at Iowa State. Uh, but man, the fans are okay with him leaving. And that always gives me pause. Like, you don't want the guy who's going to be leading your quarterbacks that his previous stops, like, all right, bye. We've got like a couple other options we'd rather have in place already. So that that worries me a little bit. I that see that that I, that doesn't worry me as much because I mean you've got USF you've got some USF fans glad Trickett's gone because he call, because they called three run plays in a row against Central Florida. Like fans can be sometimes irrational. So uh, that doesn't worry me as much, but uh, there does seem to be a lot of vitriol <laughs> built up for him. I don't know if it was built up over time. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, good point. And, here. Uh, yeah, there's I, I I thought I think as soon as they hired an offensive guy, Trickett was gone. Just because he I, like he's earned the right to call plays. So right. uh, I, I don't that and if as soon as you hire an offensive guy, that's probably not gonna happen. That's why, you know, when there were other names thrown out there were defensive guys, you kind of thought, oh, maybe he could stick around. But yeah, he's I don't think he'd stick around. You can't really blame him. Like you did, uh, can we kind of touch on this earlier? Probably, maybe like every fourth word I said was caught. But uh, he he deserves it. He deserves his opportunity, and uh, yeah. I'm glad he sh- he hopefully should be getting it. And it makes sense that he moves on. Um, just from an overall standpoint, I don't like this. Is not a, a Charlie Weiss Jr. situation. This is definitely not a Sterling Gilbert situation um, where. Maybe maybe Joel Gordon's probably in, in this spot where it's like a let me help you find another job before we have to fire you kind of situation. And that's that's where that's probably where my biggest pause is coming from. Just like the outside rumors of uh, maybe he was going to be let go if he didn't find another if he didn't get rehomed. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be what I mean, that was kind of one of the first things I saw from that side of it. I do follow some big 12 people and that was kind of their take that, oh, they they got him a spot before he got fired is what some of them thought. Um, So, I mean, we'll see how it works out. That's the thing with all these. It's kind of, you know, it's especially position coaches. It's so hard to tell, you know, unless you're turning out all Americans consistently, it's kind of hard to tell. But it's also hard to separate sometimes uh, attracting really good players and then being a really good coach because a lot of times the two get conflated. So we'll see. One thing he's been able to do, and and we'll set in here, he's you know been able to attract some pretty good players. He's 
has another four-star committed at quarterback there. Um, so he's been able to do that pretty well. So, yeah, I think that's – yeah, Larry, I think this is kind of the thing. And this is – yeah, if if you think – and I, I think a lot of people's first impression of Golish is he's a pretty sharp guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think he's a smart guy, then – you have to trust that he's making smart hires, right? And that's kind of that's kind of same thing, you know. Um, went through this last year covering Florida. It's you know, Nap when Napier would hire guys that didn't have huge names. It's like, well, everyone, you all thought you all just talked about how impressive and smart and meticulous this guy was, and now he makes a hire that you don't know, and you're like, well, this what's this is a terrible hire. Well, is he smart and meticulous and impressive or not? Right. So I think the same thing with Golish. I think a lot of people liked his energy, liked his enthusiasm, liked his thought he's a pretty intelligent guy. So if he's coached with a guy before and brings him on, I think you got to trust it and we'll see if it works out or not. But these are always like, these are always 50 50 propositions or, or most of the time. Like coaching is about it's like probably pretty close to the divorce rate it's about 50 50 whether these things work out right <laughs> so that's why that's why you see guys getting fired in september and it's just we'll see if it works but i'm not too worried about the fan perception on some of these no and i think the the one thing that Alex did really, really well as he, I, we kind of mentioned it in Slack today as we were kind of prepping for this podcast. Um, he's kind of scratched that certain itch from the fan base to harken back to the old days with Kevin Patrick. I think that may be his most important hire. Um, I, I think we could all, everybody listening, Seth, you can agree. Defensive line is probably the biggest position of need. Uh, desperately, probably proper co- proper coaching and talent uh, would be, from that room would probably be um, the you'd probably see the biggest leap from what they were this year to what they are next year if you get the proper coaching and talent in there. Uh, and I think getting Kevin Patrick, who literally has the track record a mile long of producing talented defense alignment, especially, especially, especially at USF. That's, that's massive. I mean, go down the list, uh, David Bedford, JPP, George Selvey. Um, gosh, I'm going to be uh, Corey Grisham, um, Akina Watson. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, uh, Terrell McLean. You scratch that itch for the fan base who really was desperate for something of the past, right? And, you know, for a large segment, I get it. I don't think the uh, the coach hire that everybody wanted or pined for would have been the right decision. Um, actually, I know for a fact it wouldn't be the right decision. But getting someone from that time period who was an OG bull, he was there from, you know, the Ponderosa, like he was there, he knows what it's like to coach in the mud. And now he's, you know, he's, he's got to be flabbergasted at the progress USF's made facilities wise since he was last year. Like, I think the Selman center was there when he was here, but like everything else, it's gotta be completely different. And uh, that's, that's the exciting part. 
Yeah, and and he's a guy that like every time I feel like I see his name every time a, a defensive lineman job in the state of Florida comes open. He's a guy that's always on people's hot board just because of all the success he's had in the past and and his ties to the state. So I think that's definitely a good hire. And the fact that he's already worked with your coordinator, I think, makes it even better. Um, and Golish certainly doesn't seem to be shying away from uh, the history of the school and the coaching staff. I know he's mentioned, um, you know, previous coaches by name and and talked about what they did to kind of build it to here. So yep. he definitely seems somebody that's going to be embracing that um, the history as well, which is, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. The, the math offers, they seem to offer every kid on the team. It seemed like. Where's, where's the math? That's where uh, I think it's, it's, um, uh, is it Maryland? Or is it, is it kind of oh, DC, that where, Maryland area? Byers. Uh, Byers from. Yeah. That, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. They offer, they all, <laughs> it seemed like they offered about 18 kids from there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a few. It's a few. It's uh, just a few miles away from Washington, D.C. But uh, they are they are handing out the offers fast and furiously. So well, they got a they got a recruiting class to fill up here. What? Less than a week. I think the signing period starts the 20th, I think, or 23rd. Somewhere around there. Yeah, I think it's a week from today. So they there's plenty of spots to be filled up. I know uh, there are some outgoing USF players who've uh, already started to find some homes. And so I guess do you want to kind of touch on a couple of them or? Sure. Sure. Why not? Um, so Antonio Greer's heading to Central Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the thing I'm most proud of is some of the players were giving him crap about it, which I thought was really funny. Like we don't go to the ops. I think, I think that was Daquan Evans uh, who uh, subsequently took his name out of the portal, um, which is always fun uh, to see uh, that happen. Um, it, you know, every, you know, uh, I think Augie Sanchez said uh, treason, high treason. Um, so (laughs) it's, I get it. It sucks, but I mean, he gets a chance to go play in the big 12. Um, and good for him. That's, that's what I'll say. Uh, good for him. Um, it, I don't know, man. I'll be, uh, I'll be honest, like this defense, it's, is- it's, it's a little disappointing, right? It's, I think you can say it's a little disappointing from a, a USF perspective. Um, you know, especially after I'm sure for four or five years, you're talking about, you know, probably screw that team, screw, the, you know, and then, eh, you know, not, you know, don't screw them anymore. Let's I'll go play there. So I, I think, uh, I think you can be disappointed, but you can also, Hope he does well. Uh, he he did. Uh, he, he's a graduate, right? He graduated. Yeah, and he uh, got hurt and was able to maintain uh, an extra year of eligibility, so he took advantage mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't go. Now I, I'm surprised he didn't go a little closer to home. He's from Georgia, right? I thought he maybe would yeah. be like a Georgia State, Georgia Tech candidate. Maybe. Um, seems like an intelligent guy. 
so it was surprising. I thought more than anything that that's where he went. Um, I wonder if my guy, uh, Addison DB's coach, Addison Lynch, uh, he's, he's an Atlanta guy. So I wonder if he maybe had a hand in that. So Hmm. very well could have, but we'll see. Good luck to him in the big 12. Um, but yeah, and Tony and, and Tony Greer. Good for him. Um, Jimmy Horn's still on the market. Yeah, is he gonna? Is he doing the? Is he a post? Uh, post Christmas? Is that was his his deal? It's, day it's, Christmas? it's yeah. It's see, it seemed like it, and uh, I mean, good for him. He's got some big time offers. Um, I know Colorado's after him. Yeah, I mean, Dion made a real hard push for him two years ago when he was at Jackson State. So to be able to get him now would be a pretty remarkable feat. Um, like like we've said for two years, he could literally start at any school in the state of Florida, and he may be starting. Uh, he he's got his choice of the litter at this point. I don't I don't think there's any chance he comes back. No, God, no. It's over. Uh, Penn State would be interesting. That would be. Uh, they're gonna have that big, strong arm quarterback, Drew Alar, starting next year. Yeah, he would be an interesting piece of there. They got a young. They got a pretty young team that might be really good next year. So yep. that would be kind of an interesting one um, for him. But yeah, I'm surprised he set his four so early. I feel like he probably could have waited and maybe heard some more, but maybe he's got one he wants. Maybe he's got the offer he wanted and uh, and ready and already going. So, Yep. And then uh, Spencer Schrader heading to Notre Dame. Our, our our boy wonder kicker um, who can kick it a country mile. And after his inauspicious start against uh, Cincinnati in 2019, where I think he went one for five, including missing a game winner um, to turn his career around, uh, become a fan favorite and one of the more accurate kickers in USF history. And now he gets to play at, at Notre Dame. That's pretty, pretty, pretty remarkable from, from him i'll be honest that that warms my heart of like he deserves that he's a good dude yeah i remember he kind of came out of nowhere too wasn't wasn't he like kind of uh just kind of came up out of nowhere almost like he was a late addition to the team and yeah he uh, was he was playing soccer he was trying to play professional soccer like down in argentina walked on and then beat out two two-time Lou Groza semifinalist Jared Sackett for the job and Jared Sackett ended up transferring going back to UTSA and Sackett had a very good year this year for UTSA so uh, kind of full circle um, for for him to I mean that's just pretty remarkable I know Notre Dame has had a run on uh, transfer kickers the last couple of years he just adds to it yeah that'll be cool I, I, I get into play He's already played there once, I believe. So getting getting a chance to maybe score in a <laughs> Notre Dame Stadium will be cool. Well, he probably for sure got on the field at least one time for either the first or and or second half kickoff, and then that was about it. Yeah, he'll, he'll have a chance to score next year there, so that'll be fun. I don't think. Mang- Do you have anything on Mangum? I don't. I would imagine he does not come back. I think he probably saw the writing on the wall with Batie. Yeah, and, so, um, as you mentioned, it, 
you had 15 rushing touchdowns as a vulture. And um, I mean, he was averaging what, a little over four yards a pop. Brian Batty was averaging close to seven. Uh, I'll, I would rather the seven than the four. And Dukes is, I think Dukes is a guy that could fit in the offense as well. With he seems to have an ability to catch the ball out of the backfield as well, and it's probably a little more explosive than Mangum. So, yeah, I, I would think that they would be all right there at running back. Plus, you still have Kelly Joyner. Don't forget about your boy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. We're trying to block that out. The, fan, <laughs> the fantasy, his fantasy performance this year, but uh, he's another. He's a guy that you know maybe that injury. It, it certainly seemed that injury. He kind of was not the same after that this year. So maybe more time to get comfortable with it. Um, he was a pretty good player for you the previous year. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll have some options um, for sure. Um, who else? Oh, Jackson long, the tight end uh, is now at Georgia tech. And uh, the, as we've always said, the portal taketh the portal giveth. Uh, USF has already got a tight end commitment from uh, Wesson Wolf. Then high school from uh, he's a Maryland transfer. Um, didn't really see much action um, in two years at Maryland. Um, but I mean, he played for Mike Loxley and he played for uh, the other Tagovailoa. Uh, I almost didn't butcher it. Talia, yeah, that sounded pretty. That sounded good. Definitely enough, butchered his yeah. first name, Talia, right? Um, so, um, yeah. so yeah, he's a pretty good player. Uh, he, or at least he, in high school, he was a, he was a he's a really good player. His brother is a starting quarterback at ODU. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe that's a, another future bull. Um, defensive end from UF, uh, Lloyd Summerall. He he played a decent bit at Florida this year. Um, he was a guy that came in really skinny. He started to fill out a little bit, um, but he, he started to play a little bit for Florida. I don't know. He didn't play a ton, uh, but he played a little bit more after Brenton Cox got kicked off the team. Uh, but he was in the rotation all year. So he, he, I think he's, um, I think early in his career, it was a struggle for him to put on the weight, uh, but he's starting to fill out a little bit. Uh, but he's a guy that played at Florida. So I, I think he'd probably be a good get. He was, he's another guy that was pretty, uh, highly rated coming out of high school. I think he was a four-star guy. There were three guys, or there was at least, I think, two or three guys at a Lakeland that year that were four-star, five-star guys. Um, and he was one of them. So, and his dad is the, his dad is the, uh, was in the greatest recruiting picture of all time. Do you remember that one? No. All right. Let me see if I can find that vamp while I find, uh, yeah, and, you know, we kind of talk about the rural talk about the recruiting as you vamp. Um, I love that Golish is very okay with swinging for the fences on some of these guys, like offering the the number one offensive tackle uh, in the country uh, who's committed to Iowa. I think he offered a couple of four star running backs. I think he offered the top running back in the country. Like he's not, he's not afraid to at least, you know, like in NCAA fourteen, like you throw a couple of points just to see what would happen. And like, oh, you know, this guy's put you, you know, from, you know, not applicable to like now you're 10th. 
all right, well, maybe I'll throw, throw a little, a few more points and kind of go from there. And, you know, ultimately you'll, you'll end up losing, but at least you, you took a stab at it. And sometimes you, uh, you know, in your first year, uh, you, you snag a, a guy who was going to go elsewhere. So you, you don't know what you don't ask for. You don't get what you don't ask for. So yeah, he's, he's absolutely trying to, Oh no way. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah, that's his. That's his dad. Oh, that's amazing! Full, full, full kit. Did they do it again in Tampa? Oh no, I haven't. I haven't seen the pictures. I don't know. But I mean, sign him up if he's got any eligibility left. I mean, good lord! What a tank! <laughs> yeah, so that was one of the greatest. Uh, one of the greatest uh, visit pictures in a while. So that might, I mean, that might be coming with him. So that'd be pretty big. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, let's see. What else do we really want to talk about, Seth? I mean, I'm excited. There's, uh, if you want to throw up the coaches again, real quick, there's some interesting connections, I guess, um, that maybe we touch on a little bit. Sure. Uh, um, oh, Marion Dawson going to G- JMU. He committed to JMU on uh, Wednesday. Uh, so good for him. Um, so Matthew Burkett, he is, he was the corners coach at JMU and they had a very good defense at the FCS level and made maybe the smoothest transition to FBS in NCAA history. Shockingly, I'd say shockingly smooth. I didn't, I remember seeing their win total in the preseason. It was like seven. I'm like, and they were only going to play 11 games. I'm like, is this insane? Like, what, what is going on here? They're not. And they uh, they won a lot more than seven. So I think I think they went nine and two, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> or damn close to it. Yeah, they were pretty um, good. They whacked uh, Coastal Carolina. Uh, yeah, they had a they they were pretty pretty good team there. And I, I yeah. wonder if um, I know Mer- Matt Merritt also coached at James Madison. He uh, did. So I, I did. Was there any overlap? Do you know? Let me find uh, that I don't know of. I know so Matt Merritt was. Uh, he was a running backs coach at Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. And then prior to that, he coached with Golish at Tennessee. He was a senior analyst. And then prior to that, he was a running backs coach at JMU and Elon um, as well. So he's got. Yeah, so they coached together. He was uh, he was hired. Burkett was hired by JMU in 2018. Uh, Merritt coached 2019 at JMU. So those two guys have worked together. I'm sure uh, Merritt put in a good word for him. I mm-hmm. think those hires were back to back, right? So, yeah, just about. So you got two guys named Matthew, and both of the last names end in double T's. That's not going to get confusing at all. And both, and it's Matt with two T's as well. Mm. We're trying to say the staff is high T, high high T, no low T, no low T. Only Joel, Alex. Only Joel and Alex don't have T's in their names. It's a high T. It's a high T staff. High T, high T. Um, But I, I, you know, outside we kind of talked about it. I'm really excited who, who he tabs as wide receivers coach. Um, When I was talking to someone 
must have been Monday. I think it was Monday. Um, they weren't sure if they were going to be able to get Joel. Um, it kind of hinged on that to see where Trickett would land. And I guess once they figured out they could get Joel down here, it made things a little bit easier. Um, so I I think Alex really wanted, I mean, from the conversation I had, it seemed like they, Alex really, really wanted Joel down here. They must work really, really well together. I know Alex was wants a guy who either he'll call the plays or he wants someone he's very comfortable with calling the plays. Having a guy who he coached with for four years definitely helps in that regard. Um, While you were on hiatus, I kind of paused it. I think this would point to him, the goalish calling the plays to me. No, absolutely. I I think, I think he's probably grooming Joel to take over because what he was goalish was with Hypel for, two seasons and then he called the plays this past season or at least at central Florida and yeah. then one year at Tennessee. And then he called the plays this past season. Um, it's so interesting. Um, the DVD Vin- guy. Yeah. I would be, I would, sh- I'm so uh, asking what happened with DeMarcus Van Dyke. He's one of their better recruiters. I'd be shocked if if he had a chance to leave that they didn't throw some money at him and keep him if he was a real candidate. Um, I thought when his name was going around, um, Senor Stieg brought that to my attention. I thought that'd be a pretty good hire because I think he was pretty instrumental in landing uh, Kumani McLean. Like he was the guy that was talking to him more often than uh, even Mario was. So, um. He just helped them lay in the number one corner. I would imagine he's a guy that may be in line. And I'm pretty sure he played there as well. So he probably has some loyalty to Miami. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they paid him if, if it became a reality. I, I would imagine he's got a chance to move up uh, the ladder there uh, if he wants to. So. Yeah, I I would wholeheartedly agree with you and uh, on a personal on a personal personal note um the the person or persons who said that tank dell was too small to play at usf is no longer on staff so i'm happy there you go yeah uh that's just a personal vendetta for me (laughs) tank dell was too small uh the guy that was the guy that was your thousand yard rusher was also thought to be too small by some. By some, and uh, some may claim that uh, it took a lot of um, convincing to get Brian Petit to Tampa. Um, and uh, God, I'm so glad that they relented and let Kerwin offer his dude. Because that yeah. would have sucked. Imagine the last two years if Brian Petit isn't on the roster. Not quite as fun uh, <laughs> this year, definitely. So, um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna publicly say it. If y'all find it, I'll confirm or deny. Check the. You can check the staff directory in a in a few weeks and see compare. Yeah. What is it? Uh, web archive. You can, you can go back and check back and forth. Yeah. So, um, good stuff all around. 
I think they're heading in the right direction. Uh, oh, something that just kind of slyly, I mean, we started making fun of it. I mean, not making fun of it, but I mean, there were some memes made inside Slack today. Michael Kelly and Jay Stroman were up at Populous uh, in Missouri today uh, discuss with the, to talk with the folks about the on-campus stadium. Um, and Seth, you don't do that unless the, the on-campus stadium is uh, trending in the right direction. And uh, I mean, go and every interview Golish has had is basically makes it almost seem like he was con- his hire was somewhat contingent on them putting uh, shovels in the ground ASAP. But he seemed like that was a big part of the vision they sold him. And I believe he said within the year, hasn't he? In interviews, uh, I haven't heard that, but the thing that stuck out to me, I was listening to his interview. I think it was the Jim Rome show. I thought I heard him say somewhere there'll be shovels in the ground within 12 months. Oh, we're going to have to find that. I did not see that, but I I distinctly remember him saying Jim Rome on Jim Rome. uh, (laughs) You got to rack him. You got to rack him. You got to rack him. Um, That like that. He said, quote, the funding is there. So I don't know if that was just him kind of speaking out of turn or whatever, but I mean, if he said the funding was there. Oh, yeah, it, it's, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I, it, this is, uh, it certainly seems to be a matter of, uh, of, of, of when, when not, it's definitely when not, if, um, I mean, we were told in the summer, uh, butts and seats 2026 was kind of the unofficial slogan from people that would be in the know. Thank God for Deion Sanders. for He came in and st- streamlined some things. Streamlined it. So it's going to be in for 2026. Uh, that re- He really moved up the timetable from 2026 to 2026. So um, here's something so- interesting I haven't noticed yet. Did you notice the sketches and stuff on the back wall here? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Enhance. Enhance. Or just like my CSI. Mm. Yes, I did. I wasn't sure if that'd be for other projects. I don't know. I mean, maybe. One thing you can see, and that's something that um, when they had like the the little, I don't know, it's almost like a mood board up on the. uh, I think my (laughs) wife, my wife would call it like a mood board up on the site about the things around the stadium. It certainly looks like they're going with that, like lush like greenery and trees all around the stadium. Um, that maybe that kind of Grove style look of having yeah. kind of trees and tailgatings and tents set up. You can kind of see the trees around you, here. You cut, you Before cut down trees. You got to put some trees somewhere. So you, yeah, you got to replace them. Thanks. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Lord, that's in full screen here. Um, so yeah, that's that. I wonder, uh let me do some digging. I'm almost certain uh there was a our friend Stieg spoke about it. Uh, quickly, um can I say how ins- like I've sound I've sounded much better, right? Much better. Like I, can I tell you how insane it is that I was literally plugged into the ethernet like i had an ethernet cord plugged in hardwired in yet the wi-fi is better in my dining room than it is at my computer area hardwired in i is ethernet just a myth i don't know 
no, I don't think it is. Maybe my Ethernet, do Ethernet cables go bad? Is that a thing? You can tell I'm. I don't know. That's what, that's what, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not. I'm not an Ethernet wizard, so I'm not. I'm not quite uh, sure. I'm trying to find. Um, I'm almost certain that somebody it was posted that he said uh, shovels in the ground within a year. I'm trying that to. I be, believe Steve commented on it because he comments on every single thing that gets posted. So I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to scroll, I'm trying to scroll through his his feed here and find it, but because um, a lot of people were surprised at how quickly that was happening, right? So yeah, so I don't. Um, I'll we'll try to find that, and if we do, maybe we can clip it out. But something doesn't make for good radio, so it could be a router issue, Nathan. I mean, it really could be. Um, my router need, may need to be replaced or updated. That's interesting. Maybe. Yeah, just, just uh, you know, sometimes you reach out to the old the old cable company. Maybe they got. It. Yeah, I mean, you guys see it. I mean, twenty two point three whatevers, and two point three six whatevers. So that's the scientific names for them. Um, <laughs> Women's basketball is not four and six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there another basketball team that Eric we could be talking about? Because I thought I'm pretty sure women's basketball is like nine and one, nine and two. There you go. So, and they beat Marshall. Men's bas never heard of it. <laughs> men's basketball beat the 189th ranked Ken Palm team as the 186th ranked Ken Palm team this season. Bully for them. Uh, they blew two 10 plus point leads and needed to win a buzzer beater. So, on the road, it's a long trip, right? I'm almost positive, and I could be wrong. This could be a home and home kind of situation, but I'm fairly certain you and I could have been a buy game for them. So, we're going to have to check John Rothstein's account and see if it's a epitome of brutality uh, situation. But I, th- I mean, you and I has been to a, the tournament much more recent than USF has. I'm nearly positive. They had that one white dude who shot Kentucky out of uh, the tournament in that first round. I think they made it like to the sweet 16, if I'm not mistaken at one time. Or am I crazy? Or am I crazy? I feel like I've seen them around. I've seen them around in in March, uh, but I'm not. I'm not positive on. I'm not a big big on on you and I basketball. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. They not, made, my ex, not my uh, spot of expertise, you know. So they made the tournament in 2010, 2015, 2016. They were the regular season champions last season and did not make it because they did not win their conference championship game i mean that's a bunch of crap but now that's the epitome of brutality that is the epitome of brutality uh their head coach ben jacobson's been there since 2006 and has won 300 games in his career how many how many how many seasons do you think it would take usf how many seasons would i have to go back for usf to have 300 wins in the 
Like, so like 2006, well, that's like 16 years ish, right? Do you think they've won 300 games since since the last six? There's no way, right? I'm going to say no. Have you heard anything on, have you heard anything on Weaver? So Chrissy, that's interesting. He still has not put his name in the portal. From what I understand, he is still kind of talking to some the coaches. It's just so weird. It's on. It's so. The end of his 2022 season will go down in the record books as some of the most interesting choices a player's ever had <laughs> um, in their career. Uh, I could. I mean, here's the thing though. Uh, uh, Spire thirteen. You can put your name in the portal, still test for the NFL, and then much like Daquan Evans, either you can take your name out of the portal or go somewhere else. It just gives you the option, right? And we're oh, we're pat we're we're I think we're well past the 30 day mark. So I, I you can still put your name in the portal now. Like he you he, he had the head start with the 30 days after your head coach gets fired, but that's gone. So now he's just kind of in there and there's a bunch of people in there and not everybody makes it out. I think he would, but there's it's such a weird situation where from what I've been told by people close to the situation, he was worried about getting hurt the last two games with a true freshman quarterback throwing in the ball. He may have been your most accurate. (laughs) He may have been your most accurate quarterback. And, uh, so it it's such it's so weird. He was not at he was not at the Central Florida game. He was nowhere to be found. Yet he hasn't put his name in the portal. I that one it still it still boggles my mind. Uh, what we're four weeks at removed from that that game close just about two two and a half weeks three weeks um, removed from that and it still blows my mind at how the end of that season ended for him. Yeah, it was it, it was kind of bizarre, and I think you know he's a guy that may want to, you know, maybe wants to test NFL waters. But I, I think for him, if he's not going to run really fast, like really fast, it's not going to be worthless. He'd be better off coming back. And I mean, you got a really interesting uh, opportunity, I think, with his offense to maybe come back put up a monster year maybe and then and then kind of test those waters after really really like you know three really good years of production and one just massive one to end it you know so um the fact that he's not in the portal uh is is interesting i think goalish started following him on twitter wasn't that the scuttlebutt Mm -hmm. um so you know, maybe he's reaching out. I'm sure he has. That was one thing I thought was interesting. Goalish initially, when he got hired, there wasn't a ton of offers like right away. Uh, and he said he was kind of really looking at the team they had, talking with people. I think he even watched a video of him um, and kind of looking at that, kind of seeing what he had first. And now they've gone into mode where they're they're really out there getting after in terms of offering guys and. And not just this year's class, but they're, they've already offered guys in 2025, which is good to see because you kind of worry about that uh, when a new guy comes in. They've put all their focus on this first class and then they neglect these other ones. So now people, they're behind in three classes instead of just being behind in one. Right. Uh, 
but they've seemed to do a pretty good job of, of kind of getting ahead of that. So I don't know. I don't think next week will be super newsworthy. I think the guys you have committed now will probably sign. Um, the portal will probably be interesting, but I, I, I would imagine it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to wait until the next signing period. See what happens. There might be some guys that kind of get pushed out because of transfer, the transfer portal being so crazy. Some high school guys may get pushed out of classes, and now you may end up with a guy uh, that wasn't really on your radar at first, and, and now you're able to go grab him. So uh, I, I would imagine the next signing day would be the biggest one for USF because it seems like he's focusing on the team and focusing on guys like Xavier Weaver initially. Yeah, I mean, and if he can if he can salvage that and keep Weaver, I think that's a really good jumping off point. If you can get a Joe Joe healthy, if you can get Choffrey Brown healthy, uh, I think those are guys who can excel in this offense if they're healthy and catch the ball consistently. I think that's probably, I mean, that's always been Choffrey's biggest thing is being able to hold on to the ball um, consistently. Uh, that's why I think that this wide receiver hire outside of maybe defensive line and defense coordinator is probably the biggest hire for Alex Golesh to make. And uh, I'm excited to see what he, what he does with that. Um, are they focused too much on out of state kids? Uh, no, I think uh, Seth, you mentioned it uh, today in Slack, like he's going after speed. Guys. Yeah. Verified ver- speed. Ver- verified speed guys and other states have verified speed guys as well who can play in this offense um and what do we got, mean by verified speed we mean track track times i mean he's offered some guys that are 10 three threes and 100 meters that aren't from florida so like uh, they're offering kids in florida they're getting after you're seeing them talk with you're seeing high school coaches say they talked about them you know why are they going after four and five? I don't. It doesn't cost money to make an offer. Like, <laughs> and what if what if someone accidentally says yes? <laughs> oh, I thought it said FSU. <laughs> Sneak the letter of intent in there. Yeah, my my dyslexia is acting up, and <laughs> now I play for USF. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I, I think that's probably just they're casting a wide net initially. Golish, I'm sure he's got some cachet on the trail just because of the Tennessee's offense. So he was probably recruiting a lot of these guys already. Um, or they were on the board at Tennessee and he's like, you know what? This kid's a good player. I'm just gonna offer him. What's the worst thing that happened? He says, No, okay. But maybe, you know, maybe a younger guy, maybe a younger guy on his team says, Oh, USF, and he starts watching. And, and you know, it's just just keep getting the name out there, get the brand out there in front of uh people's eyes. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's it's kind of a shotgun approach almost. They're just casting a, you know, just shooting the offers out and they're going everywhere. But yeah, why not? They don't cost anything. Yeah, and uh, real quick on on his contract. So it's a six year deal um, through twenty twenty eight. Um, basically, two million dollars a year. Uh, for the first three seasons, and then it goes up to two point one. The last three, um, that's roughly that two million dollars is roughly what Jeff Scott would have been making. Um, and that's just that's the additional compensation air quotes. So it's really about two 
2.5 the first three years, 2.6 the last three, because uh, you have your base salary. You can't, I think the the rule is you can't pay a state employee more than $500,000 a year. So you've got to do additional compensations. So this will be, this would be um, his promotional and appearance fees and development events. That's where you get the, the multi-million dollars is what most universities do. Um, the, I guess the important thing for us is the assistant coaching pool went up from uh, 375 to 4.5 million. So that's pretty good. Uh, tops out his final year at 4.7. Um, if he uh, quits anytime before uh, December 2023, uh, he gets a he has to pay $3 million. Um, we'll never know the true buyout. Obviously, uh, the thing that uh, people kind of liked or found uh, interesting uh, in the event that USF joins a P5, his contract will bump up a million per year on the years remaining on the deal. Um, and that's just like the good faith. Hey, we're, we're doing the things, the, the right things. Um, a couple of incentives. So eight regular season wins gets him a $10,000 bonus. Um, $20,000 for your 12th regular season win. Um, each time you beat a top 10 team, either uh, CFP, AP, or coaches poll on the date of the game, that's a $10,000 bonus. 25K for coach of the year, conference coach of the year. 50 if you win, if you win um, one of the national coach of the year. So AP, Walter Camp, Bear Bryant, Home Depot, Bobby, da- Bobby Dodd, uh, AFCA. Uh, if you finish in the top 25, it's $20,000 in the CFP. Uh, top one through 10, it's 50. Um, 3.0 or higher, it's a $10,000 uh, bonus. Uh, conference championship games, $25,000. A national championship is half a million dollars. There you go. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think it's, I mean, I think it, overall it's what, six years, 16 point four ish million dollars. So do you think uh he talked on Rome about the plan that he was pitched and the plan the USF has. Not just he didn't just pitch his plan, they pitched their plan. It seems like he came in and interviewed and then they brought him back in and it's just putting pieces together that he came in and interviewed maybe on Tuesday and then they brought him in at the end of the week and pitched what they wanted to do to him and then offered him a contract. Do you think that pitch, that's just me guessing and putting things together. Do you think that pitch included or a decent part of that is moving to a power five because it's in the contract? Do you think that was part of their pitch? I think so. I mean, so you look at it from the academic side, they're definitely trending in the right direction. It's their preeminent university. They're careening toward AAU status. One of three preeminents in the, in the state of Florida, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, it's not blase or whatever, but yeah, now you have the indoor facility. That's you check that box off. You have legitimate developing plans for your on-campus stadium. I think that's a big one holding them back. Um, and now you just got to turn around this program. It's no easy feat, but I think if you start to show progress, I think you can 
the other thing also holding them back, uh, and it's not just football, is men's basketball, and men's basketball needs to get its life together ASAP as well. It's not like you can't be terrible at the two revenue producing sports and think you're going to get an invite to the bigger, the bigger conferences. Just doesn't happen like that. No, 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 you can't do that's, uh, you can be really good at one and bad at the other. You can't be bad at both. No. Yeah. It's as much fun as lacrosse might be coming up here. uh, That's not what gets you into the power five conferences. No, absolutely not. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically it. I think we've touched on everything. We're basically 90% there for sure. You know, sources say that we, we were in the, a- the ACC buildings. People, people saw people at the airport. We saw, you know, people are saying <laughs> that we saw them in the, the ACC uh, facilities. So it's basically done. It's a basically done deal. They, they want control over the TV operations and the revenue. They won't be able to control that. So it's a, it's a sticking point right now. But other than that, yeah, I would say it's about 90% done. Um, We want to, we want a chance to design uh, the stadium where the championship is played. Yeah, for sure. We we have to have our input there and we need, we need it done on the exact timeline. They've already announced months earlier. Correct. I know they're moving offices, but we need them to move offices. And we need to design that. We need to help design the yeah. new layout of the office. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I need a corner window. I need a I need a corner office with a window. I need a nice look of where are they moving to Charlotte? Yeah, right? I believe so. I need a nice view of the Charlotte skyline. See, I had a window, and now I got moved. They said they they asked me, "Do you want a window?" I was like, "No, I don't care." And I got moved into like almost a ba- like a, just a, a basement where there's no windows at all. I love it. I don't need <laughs> I don't need a window. That's fair. Are you are you more productive? Uh, it's about the same. I don't really care. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't. I don't care either way. There's a lot less foot traffic around me, which is always fun. So that's fair. That's fair. Seth, we've got we've got some Todd Orlando tape. We, we do. I'm, I'm going to cut it up. Yeah, I've got some. I think I've got peak Todd Orlando, so that'll be fun. I got uh, from the Sugar Bowl against Georgia when he was at Texas, and then the Peach Bowl against Florida State when he was at Houston. So I I got those downloaded. I just got to go through them and cut them up. So we might have a little Todd Orlando next week, maybe, and and we'll do some offense, too. So we might have a little film room coming up here pretty soon. May have a film room coming up. That's a Peach. Pete Shaw McGuire at Florida State, if I'm not mistaken, against that Houston team. Yeah, he got smoked by some. I was I was watching a little bit. And he got <laughs> smoked by somebody early in the game. So yeah, oh poor Smag, oh that poor guy. Anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for bearing with me as I somehow figured out. Oh no, just I want to check in on Steak. So just want to check on Steak. He's ruined. Ugh. Why? 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 Ugh. Ugh. Poor Steak. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Oh, with another uh, edition, I wouldn't say beautiful. It it was there. <laughs> it was a thing that happened. It's edition. the off season for everybody. <laughs> yeah. For uh, the Bloom Naughty Podcast, I'm your host Nathan Bond, Seth Farnador. I appreciate you uh, holding the fort down as I figured out my life once again. 
be safe, be nice. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.